Welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse, now in podcast form. I'm your host, Luke, and this time we are back again with Al Ewing to talk about his upcoming series, Contest of Champions. How are you doing, Al? I'm not doing too badly. Uh, things are good. Uh, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, cool. Just got done recording another really good episode, so I'm ready for this one to be really good as well. Yeah, well, we, should, we should pull back the curtain and mention that uh, for us it's only been minutes. Yes. Uh, or seconds since we last spoke. So. The time has been too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, contest, contest of Champions. Contest of Champions is loosely a tie-in to the app game. Is that correct? Or yeah, it's basically it's based on the mobile game. It's not um, it's not fully in the continuity of the mobile game, but the continuity it is fully in is the continuity of the actual comics that are coming out on your shelves. Marvel Comics uh, from October on, it's, it's properly tied in. It's, um, so it's sort of, it's sort of doing the computer game thing, but it's also really affecting the uh, quote-unquote real Marvel Universe. Uh, so, 616, or are we getting uh, a new number? Yeah, I... I don't know what the numbering thing is. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know if it matters, but uh, that might be the wrong podcast to say this on. Um, <laughs> I, I suspect the... Um, I suspect number 616 is... Uh, will will survive, but maybe, maybe not officially. I know it's like... Uh, I know there are people who really hate I know, I know it's like, it's not 100% in favour, it's, uh, but, you know, I don't, I don't think, um, yeah, I might, I might as well call it, for the purposes of the podcast, you might as well call it the 616. Yep. Um, I, I certainly don't, uh, I certainly don't think there's going to be any major, but maybe there will be, maybe it'll become like Universe Zero or Universe Alpha or, uh, some other, some other amazing new designation, but. Well, yeah, and uh, so it's taking place on the six one six, and the maestro's in charge of everything. Um, pretty much, yeah. I um, I just did, I just did an interview about this, so all the details are fresh in my head. Uh, what it basically is is the maestro is getting he and the collector are kind of getting uh, getting people together. Basically, it's a fight in this kind of multiversal arena in this zone called called the Battle Realm. Which is basically which, you know, will will end up looking very similar to what you see on your mobile screen when you play the game, this sort of collection of floating islands of debris. Um but basically uh the collector is with the monster as kind of his coach has had brought a bunch of heroes to sort of fight on his behalf uh, for the ultimate prize against a team of, and this is where it starts becoming uh, relevant to this podcast, a team of sort of alternate universe uh, bad guys and uh, Nerdawals who are, who are sort of being controlled by the Grandmaster and his summoner who's a sort of mysterious figure who I won't reveal at this time. Yeah, it's, it's sort of 616 heroes versus alternate universe bad guys for you know this amazing ultimate prize which we'll we'll get into what that is when the series begins yeah it's 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 going to be a fun a fun kind of battle as basically the heroes 
try to survive in the arena, try to get home, and try to foil whatever scheme the Maestro has because he's not he's not going to be happy playing second fiddle uh, for very long. Yeah. So, um, so uh, like, can you go over some of these alternate version he- uh, villains that we're going to be seeing, or those being? Yeah, kept I can definitely. I can definitely mention a couple. Uh, we're going to be getting. I'm trying to mention the ones that have already been mentioned because I think there are some that. You know how it is with this sort of in the run up. Like you've got to like save some stuff for sort of the immediate, the immediate thing. But we're. I'm pretty sure Venom has been mentioned. Uh, a version of Venom who killed Spider-Man. So, and this is Eddie Brock. This is Eddie Brock, the old look, the old costume. We're not sort of turning back uh, the developments that uh, Agent Venom, Flash Thompson has been through, but uh, people do like Eddie Brock, and we do have a version of Venom, Eddie Brock here, and he's, and doing Peter in has not been good for his mental health. He's a little bit, he's a little bit crazy, he's very dangerous, he's sort of quite, quite a sort of like dangerous sort of character. And then we've got, uh, this one's only technically a villain, but he's, uh, do you remember Age of the Century? Yeah. So we've got the Century from Age of the Century, uh, who's this sort of, uh, version of the Century is much closer to a kind of Silver Age, sort of Superman type character. He's very upright, he's very, he's very good. Uh, he doesn't really want to be fighting on the side of the bad guys. What makes him... Technically, though, he is a villain because I don't know if you remember right at the end of that series, his universe's version of the Void, yeah. who's this all-time crook with the power to absorb powers, I believe, um, basically took over his personality and his his appearance and essentially his life and started believing that he was the Sentry, which is kind of um, it means you can sort of treat Age of the Sentry as sort of the, the secret true origin of the uh, the six one six version of the Sentry. But it also means that, you know, technically he is a crook even if he believes that he's a hero. So he does he does technically belong, belong on the villain's side, even if, you know, kind of as as a reader you'll be very sort of sympathetic to like you know, his uh, his trying to trying to do good, trying to trying to be the good guy. Yeah. Also sorry for anyone who can hear the uh, thunder and lightning in the background. It is a beautiful sunshining day outside. But there is just Ohio weather, so there's the occasional cracks of thunder, which are context-appropriate when you mentioned the Grandmaster. Mm. I was wondering what I was. So yeah, those are those are two of them, I think. And I think one of the others is... Um, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this guy. Uh, Joe Fixit. Um, the the Greyhawk. And again, this is from a universe where he's stuck around. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be... And there's, there's a lot of... There are a couple of others, but um, at least one of those I want to keep under my hat. And the other one, again, I don't I don't really know if it's A-OK to uh, to mention it just yet. Yeah. We're, in the, we're in the PR cycle now where it's like... Um, you got to keep some cards close. Sort of, yeah, things are sort of held on to. And, you know, you've got to keep a little bit of... Um, keep a few secrets. And also there are things that I want to be surprised with the book itself. So oh, yeah, no. I'm obviously keeping those to myself. 
for instance, the identity of this mysterious uh, second summoner who, you know, like the maestro, might be from of an alternate reality. Um, I'd say there's a very good possibility of that. Who it is, um, obviously it's somebody I've seen before or would be making such a big fuss about it. Uh, who it is, um, you know, you'll find out. Probably as early as issue two. Well, I am uh, super excited for this, especially because you mentioned Age of Century, because you were also the person who really brought Next Wave back into being official canon again with uh, so, Captain yes, America. They're sort of officially not official canon or something. It's like uh, I was I was quite cagey about that. Um, uh, because, I mean, I, I basically used the whole are they in canon or aren't they there and, and sort of made that made that canon so it's it's a kind of meta canon um but yeah pretty much i mean it, it pretty much happened you can you know you can decide for yourself as a reader whether it happened or didn't happen which is the kind of continuity i like but yeah like when you mentioned uh age of century century i've been rereading that because i picked up a, another copy of the trade and it's one of those things where so many people are dismissive of it because they like the ultra gritty Century oh, I and I like the one with the. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I I was I don't think I could um, I don't think I could write the ultra gritty century just because it'd be very difficult to top what's already been done. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do that. I mean, I don't think I can top eight of the century century either. But it's not really. Um, it's more sort of having fun bringing that character back, uh, and it's you know it's he's a fun he's a very fun guy. Um, I love, uh, there's a bit where he, he sort of, as a kind of burn on Venom, he talks about taking a symbiote to Saturnian space scale. Mm -hmm. um, and he talks about his code against killing. And there's, um, no, Age, Age of the Century Century is, uh, he's, he's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, so, and I've got some ideas of, I've got some ideas of what to do with So Are we going to see... Sorry? Are we going to see a return of Harrison Ugar, the caveman of Wall Street? Oh, I wish. Um, <coughs> unless we spend time in the alternate universes uh, that these guys come from, it's unlikely. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the I don't think we'll be doing that at first. There's a I won't, I won't say I won't be doing it, because that's the kind of thing I'd like to do. But at the same time, I have 20 pages in an issue. There's a lot of characters in this book. Uh, real estate is at a premium. So don't, you know, don't take the fact that I really like to have Harrison Ucar came out <laughs> of the street come back as, as a hard promise that he will, because he probably won't. Well, but, can I raise a uh, prospect to you? Are you sure. familiar with uh, Heroclix at all? Heroclix? Yes. The, uh, uh, game. the, the little figures that you yeah. make a fight. Yeah. I used to play it quite a lot. I spent, for about six months, I played it an awful lot. But um, I ended up being not very good at it. And uh, I think, yeah, I just lost so regularly that I, I started like... Um, not being I didn't actually own any of my own hero clicks, which was another thing. I think I had one that I'd like got at a convention or something, but 
Um, so I was sort of using using somebody else's Aeroplex, and obviously um, they knew it a lot better than mine. And I very basically all my all my friends went on to sort of grandmaster level in the game, and I stayed as uh, an ordinary schlub. So <laughs> I kind of fell out of it. But I do I do like reading about new Heroclix and, yeah. um, and various things. Well, the uh, point I want to raise is. Like, it was maybe two or three years ago that Avengers Arena started, and then this year they came out with a set with all of the Avengers Arena characters. So what I'm oh, saying is you can plant that Harrison Ugar seed, so in two or three years you get the Harrison Ugar figure, and then oh, everyone wins. It would, it would take... Uh, uh, I think the only, the only way we're going to see a Harrison Ugar irritant is if there's a massive Harrison Ugar fan actually working for Heraclix. But, um, yeah, it's, it's possible. It's, it's certainly, um, I, I have no idea, because we just saw a Blue Marvel figure, I believe, for Heraclix. Yeah. So that was, that was very exciting for me, because, um, you know, obviously, I didn't crack Blue Marvel, but I have written him for a, a couple of years, and it's always nice when a character you are writing uh, gets turned into a toy. Yes. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, I'm hoping I've actually, I've actually created. There's some new, some old characters making their return in this, and I've actually created a new character who's a French uh, vigilante heroine who's actually going to be debuting in the game uh, and in the comic at the same time. Uh, um, guillotine. Yes, guillotine. Uh, she's basically got this uh, evil sword, evil demonic sword uh, that's been sort of passed down through the generations. And I got to I got to do a lot of research into French history, and uh, I'm really like get into like um, stuff like the Jude Rebellion, the the Paris Communes, the the Belle Epoque things. The um, there's a lot of uh, there's a, a period of French history where there are a lot of barricades. Um, so, in the in the sort of guillotine origin story we're doing, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of fighting on barricades. Um, but yeah, that that would make for a good a good hero flex, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And uh, another character is I don't know if you remember the British Punisher. Ah, uh, no, I don't. No, uh, this is a guy called Nigel Higgins, uh, outlaw, who basically was. Had a Frank Castle style very bad day, and was inspired by Frank Castle to pick up guns and start shooting people. Um, and we're we're bringing him back because um, one, I like bringing old British characters back, and two, um, he's sort of taken a. It's almost like I mean he he still uses non lethal ammo, but it's it's almost the value against violence. It's sort of it's sort of like uh, he's stopped killing people basically, and he's sort of um, and I really wanted to do a kind of I wanted to kind of do a, what what happens when the Punisher decides he's wrong, yeah, uh, kind of thing, and you can't really. Do it with if Frank I, Castle. Yeah, with the actual one, you know, you've got to be like, get a nod for Frank Castle, which I haven't got. Um, but two, it's like a lot of people have done stories like that and probably done them 
better. And the third thing is that he's almost an icon now, Frank Castle. He's almost a, a force of nature. He's, he's barely a human being. Um, so, and I really wanted to do, to have an ordinary person, like a very ordinary, I mean, Nigel is extraordinarily ordinary. Um, but a very ordinary person who used to be the Punisher. But now, you know, that that's over with. And then he gets taken to this space planet and forced to fight and he's got to <clears throat> he's got to sort of be that guy again, but all he really wants to do is go home to his cat. So it's like um, no, he's he's like uh, I literally the opening the opening of Contest Champ of Champions One takes place in a small a very small town in North Yorkshire. So it's like we're starting small and then getting very big by the end of the issue. So it's like, yeah, which is which is something, something that's a lot of fun. I mean, it's literally, you know, page, page two is people doing their shopping and talking about pub quizzes and meat platters, you know, and then page seventeen is like cosmic doom on the edge of time. So it'll it'll be a lot of a lot of fun, I think, for, for reading. Nice. And then uh, you're also that will oh. become Heracles. Yes. And uh, so you're also going to be doing uh, New Avengers, and what are the other series you have coming out with? Uh... Um, New Avengers and Ultimates. Yes. Uh, New Avengers is basically the, uh, if you remember, in Secret Wars, uh, Roberto da Costa, aka Sunspot, um, bought out AIM, uh, Advanced Idea Mechanics, and started running it as a force for good. And this is basically continuing that situation so he's um, he's built an Avengers team as a kind of global rescue force uh, operating off this island that he's got to keep in it's this floating artificial island that he's got to keep in international waters uh, about 30 miles off the coast of California uh, because the whole AIM thing S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy the US government is actively sure that he's a bad guy and if he if he sets foot on US soil uh, he'll be arrested so it's um, and that was kind of I wanted to have an Avengers that were operating like everywhere except America because it's like um, there are two other Avengers teams that are like you know yeah, based in the states and doing America stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I'll I'll take everywhere else. That'll be my bit. Um, so yeah, so and it's it's basically a lot of a lot of the sort of younger heroes, a lot of the kind of the young heroes with a lot of sort of fan uh, uh, fan push behind them. Um, and uh, so people like uh, who's on the team? There's Wicked and Hulkling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Power Man and White Tiger. Um, Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. Can't forget Squirrel Girl. Um, there's Goat Pod is on the team. Uh, again, from the Jonathan Hickman Time Runs Out issues a little before that. Um, she's fun because uh, it's not really been established how powerful she is. And she kind of, it's like a human being sort of melded to this very strange, almost alien life form. Um, and we kind of know very little about her, so it's it's a really nice blank slate to kind of, uh, to hopefully build up into like, um, it'd be really 
interesting kind of building on anything, everything Jonathan Hickman did with the character and kind of like taking taking all that and, and adding a lot to it. Um, who's, who else? Songbird and Hawkeye. I'm pretty sure I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Um, Pamela, Montego, Wiccan, Hopping, Squirrel Girl, Hard Six. Sunspot himself. Um, and yes, Songbird and Hawkeye, so that's nine. So it's quite a packed team. Yes. And then uh, the Ultimates is basically, that is set in the stage, that's a cosmic team for sort of cosmic threats and situations. And what they're doing is they're being quite proactive and uh, going out looking for potentially Earth-destroying or universe-destroying threats and issues that are kind of bubbling away and sort of <coughs> basically trying to deal with them. So, for instance, in the first issue, they sort of, you know, and it's kind of with a bang, it's sort of introducing ourselves with a, with a big boom. It's, uh, they're trying to solve the problem of Galactus, mm-hmm. finally, after, after all these years, uh, which is a tricky one because uh, we've been told for decades that if you, if you kill Galactus, then that's a terrible thing for the universe. Um, we're never fully told why, but um, we get into that. Uh, but yeah, so you know, how do you how do you stop that? Can you even stop Galactus? Is that even possible? You send Squirrel uh, Girl after him again. Yeah, this is where um, one one rule I have with the Ultimates is that uh, they can't use Squirrel Girl. That's uh, <laughs> that's a rule I have because she's busy with the new event. <laughs> I'm not kicking her busy. Um, yeah, no, Squirrel Girl. Um, there is there is a point when you read comics where you have to sort of quietly uh, put a little wall in your mind between the genres. Yes. <laughs> and it's like and that is that is one of those walls. Um, but I, not that I not that I didn't love those Squirrel Girl issues. Uh, but she, I think she is banned from space now. She, she's sort of she's sort of banned from the Ultimates. I think yes. if um, if they kind of shot Squirrel Girl out of a cannon. I love these threats to solve them. That would uh, it'd be a very different kind of book than it's kind of be. Yes. Um, and yeah, there are there are heavy hitters. The, the Ultimates, um, for those who haven't uh, seen any uh, any shots of them or read any interviews, is um, Blue Marvel and Spectrum from my Mighty Avengers run. Uh, both very very powerful heavy hitters. Uh, Black Panther uh, runs a country, technical genius, another heavy hitter. Um, Captain Marvel um, is big, big position of authority in the new, in the upcoming uh, all new, all different uh, Marvel universe. So um, she's another big political heavy hitter, as well as someone who can, uh, with you know, very kind of powerful in the superpower. And then. Uh, was America Chavez uh, from Young Avengers uh, most recently I believe uh, who is a I think a in a script I just sent off I refer to her as a paramedic of the multiverse in that she kind of goes around the multiverse like helping helping people and punching like 
above what you would imagine her weight class is uh, from just looking at her. She's basically this like extreme cosmic badass um, who's kind of quiet about it. Uh, so, and you know, we'll be getting we'll be getting more of that in the sort of Avengers Zero issue. That'll be she'll feature very heavily in that. So if you if you don't really know her, if you didn't follow Young Avengers or anything else she was in, then that'll be a good introduction to the character. So uh, hopefully, cool. So yeah, that's what else. Well, thank you for uh, sitting down for the interview with me, Al. Oh, no, no problem. Uh, if you want to find Al Ewing on Twitter, he is at Al underscore Ewing. Yep, that's right. And if you want to find more about the podcast, our website is multiversalq.com. Uh, our Twitter is at MultiversalQ. We are also on iTunes, uh, Tumblr, and Twitter. Uh, if you want to contact me, I am... At Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G, my normal podcast host is Devin, who is at Fredo Fett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And we normally update on Sundays. Uh, thank you again for coming on to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, cool. And uh, have a wonderful time. Yeah. Uh, have a great weekend. <laughs>